Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Everybody, welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. I'm your host for today, Bobby Lamarco, and I'm joined once again. We took a week off. The, the The fire was too hot. The passion was there. We had to take a week off from each other. My partner in crime every Wednesday, Buck. Buck, what's going on, bud? It reminded me of Knocked Up, where in in the midst of the pregnancy, they they had to cool off. Right, they had to yeah. cool off. Um, thankfully I'm not pregnant despite popular belief. Uh, I was simply in Philadelphia gorging down cheesesteak and, uh, roast pork sandwiches, which in my opinion, Bob, the roast pork reigns supreme over the cheesesteak itself. The roast pork was one of the finest sandwiches I've ever had in my life to Nick's in Reading terminal. I, if I lived anywhere near there, I'd be the fattest person on earth and I'm already pushing that. So Hopefully we can give the people some good fat picks here. Not just today, Bob, but on Sunday, the show is brought to you by our Sunday live show. We go live from 10 a.m. until we answer all of your questions or until 1 p.m. If there are just so many of you, which there should be, we'll just keep going. We're like the Energizer Bunny. Bob and I get emotional. It's what we do on the show, and we're going to bring some of that emotion here tonight. Yeah. How are you doing, Bob? You know what I mean? It's been two weeks since a, a Bob and Buck show. I know. You know what? And the thing is, last week, I was like, you know what? Whatever, man. If he doesn't want to be with me on this week, that's fine. I was a little bitter. You know, I had to, I actually had to cool off for a couple of days, but I bounced back by Sunday. I was back in love. We're good to go. But honestly, man, I, I like Wednesdays. I like having our Wednesday show right in the middle of the work week, popping on here, talking about some fun topics, including Thursday night football, including starts and sits of the week. And RQB and tight end streamers. So we're going to go through all that today. Before we do, we want to make sure everyone's following us across the board. On, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, across the board. Make sure you're following the guys on Fantasy Focus. Us, myself, and Sky at Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast or TCK Pod. Myself at Fantasy Football X Factor on Instagram. And also all our Twitter handles. As you see on the screen, you can see here at Sky Gawasco at Fantasy Focus. So make sure you guys are rate and review where you can on our videos. If you're hearing us on the audio side, Make sure you're joining us on that Sunday live show because we always like to remind everyone we're super excited to announce our Sunday live shows are actually sponsored by one of our new partners. It's Good Sports. And Good Sports is a charity that gives sporting equipment to underprivileged communities to allow young kids and youth play sports. So we're super excited. We're donating 10% of all the donations that come through the Super Chat or the TCK Pod Venmo account when you get your start sick questions to Good Sports. So we're super excited about that relationship. And we're really going to look forward to it. Third week in a row. We got a lot of good traction last week. We're hoping to continue that moving forward. Buck. Sunday live show. It's not just football. It's fun. It is fun. I had, I had a blast this weekend. I was in it. I was feeling good. <laughs> you know, it takes it takes a while because I get up at five, you know, and I try to hold off on the coffee till about six because I want to have a good boost for the show but then by 7 30 i'm just like at that point i'm just like let's go i got buck flowing he's dropping some weather knowledge let me know the wind and once she when once buck starts talking wind i'm all in so that's what yep. i'm talking about super exciting stuff so if you need weather injuries uh ins and outs all that stuff we got it for you on sunday live and fun of course all right so let's go into our our topic of the day and of course it's going to be our thursday night football preview and buck you know right off the bat a lot of injuries. This is kind of the key for this game. 
Everybody knows about Baker and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But then there's a bunch of guys that are banged up that aren't as notable. Guys like Odell Beckham is questionable. Four linebackers for the Denver Broncos are projected to be out for this game. That's huge news for the running game because Dearness Johnson, which we'll talk about in a second, um, you know, whether he should be in your lineups this week as a sleeper pick. I know he's a popular waiver wire. But right off the bat, very low over under, 41 and a half. Browns are only favored by minus one and a half with Case Keenum coming on to play. And I and listen, he does have familiarity with Kevin Stefanski from his time in Minnesota. Um, that was one of his best years. I think Kevin Stefanski was the QB coach that season. Um, but at the same time, that's some familiarity. I think they're better off with Case Keenum with versus a banged up Baker Mayfield. But before we get into the individual players, Buck, give me just a general thoughts on this game. What are you looking forward to? What are you not looking forward to? So, I mean, it's the lowest over under of the week at 41 and a half by two full points. So that always stands out to me from a fantasy football perspective, simply because something has to give in this game. And when I look at it, I I can't figure out quite what it is. If you were to tell me that Kareem Hunt is suiting up for the Browns with that linebacker situation going on in Denver, despite the strong defensive line and their presence in terms of stopping the run, I would say I'm, I'm hammering Browns on this minus one and a half. But it presents such a variable. We have not had a pure sample size for Dearness Johnson. And that's one of the things that that slightly concerns me. But the other thing that concerns me here, Bob, is who's the fourth option? Is it Felton at this point? Yeah. You're muted, Bob. Bad guys, my bad. I'm used to letting Buck do his thing. My fault. Yeah, it's Felton, but he's like a converted wide receiver. He's kind of like a hybrid wide receiver player. Um, I'm not expecting him. If if Johnson goes down, it would be extremely interesting. Um, they did sign someone off their practice squad. I'll look that up right now. But yeah, it would be Felton would be the PPR asset. And if you were in a game flow, like if they were playing Kansas City, I would say Felton would be the preferred play. But this sure. one could be in the trenches and ugly. So that's kind of my thoughts there. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I'm going to say that the Broncos actually get this one. Um Teddy B has stepped it up in terms of the pass game. I know you're looking at two very apt defenses here. Uh, you got Denver, who's sitting there fifth against the pass, or excuse me, fifth against the rush, 11th versus the pass. That's, you know, top 33% for both. And then you have Cleveland, who's seventh against the pass and ninth against, or excuse me, I keep flipping it, seventh against the rush, ninth against the pass. So, I mean, it's really tight, right, when you look at it. So I think... They can overcome the linebacking problems, and especially if if Odell Beckham Jr. is out of this game, I look for the Denver Broncos to continue to spread the field the way they have over the last two to three weeks. Teddy B's starting to get a little momentum there. It's a shaky club in terms of their offensive production, but they're starting to get a little bit of a mesh point there when it comes to the receivers and Noah Fant connecting with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, and it's also key to remember, like guys like Jarvis Landry and Jerry Judy are ha- technically have been activated off IR, and they're they're not they have they have till four p.m. tomorrow to activate them. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they're actually involved in this game because Jarvis Landry they say it's a 50-50 shot. You know, Jerry Judy I think he's one week away, but that's those are two guys. If they come in, that's going to help boost some of the production around because those are just really talented players. But like you brought up. Alberto, KJ Hamler, a bunch of other Broncos have historical injuries to their offense. So it's been good for fantasy because there's only like three really good players. Exactly. Now. So it's awesome for fantasy because you know who's getting the ball. It's not going to be spread thin like usual. But let's dive into some of these guys. Obviously, I think Teddy B, Case Keenum, two QB options. Quick thoughts on these guys. Would you play them in a super flex two QB league if you could, or would you try to fade them if you have to? Considering the quarterbacks that are already shelved for bye weeks, absolutely. But You have to look at it this way. If you're starting one of these two QBs, you're banking on them scoring 28 points overall as a team. You need that momentum. You need them to stretch the field. Here's my thing is you're looking at a game here where I think one team actually betters the other. It's I don't think this is going to be a 23 to 21 game. I think it's going to be more like a 30 to 14 type of matchup here. And I think when it comes to it, that's not enough to roll the dice on either quarterback. I think there are better options because of the defensive prowess of both of these teams. I'm going to stay away for this week in terms of starting in a super flex, but you're, you don't really have much options. So yeah. whatever you can really get, if you're like the last in the waiver options 
and you just had you were carrying one quarterback. I mean, I don't know about you, Bob, but I carry one quarterback in probably half my leagues, and then I I completely stream on bye weeks. If you're in that situation for a super flex, you might have to get this low on the barrel. This is like, uh, what's the off type of Jim Beam? The very bottom of the barrel, Jim Beam. There's a name for it. Uh, yeah, there is. And Old Forester. I don't know. The Case Keenum of whiskeys. <laughs> Case Keenum of whiskeys. Exactly. That's a, that's going to sell huge in Cleveland after he gets a W this week. All yes, right. it will. So, I mean. Yeah, on the Denver Broncos side, let's talk about the running backs. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. I mean, it can't be more of a 50-50 split, and this has really killed their fantasy value. And the one thing the Browns' defense does well is stop the run. Six few with rushing yards on the year. You know, they've been a huge pass funnel defense. I mean, teams have been – you saw what Mike Williams and those guys did just a couple weeks ago. Um, are you excited to start Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams? Are you trying to pivot from these guys? What's your thoughts on these two players? I'm not excited about it, but I'm in a position where I have to do it. I think any anybody who owns either of these players, listen, it's you're not getting you're getting flex from these two players. But for a flex option, I think they've been good considering they, they're both getting an equal share and they're both producing to a certain extent, which is more than you can say about some of the coin flips that we've had with other options for a flex. Yeah. So I would say you're stuck with them considering just the breadth of how many good players are a part of this bye week. If you have them, you have to start them in your flex, in my opinion. That's yeah. the way I look at it, outside looking in. Now let's talk about a guy on the other side at the running back position, Dearness Johnson, and he's kind of like the hot waiver wire. He's like the necessity guy, basically with Hunt and out, and also uh, Nick Chubb out. The matchup, Denver Broncos run defense is sprung a link. They have, we just talked about the four linebackers out. That's good news for the run game. Um, this, from just an offensive line metric standpoint, in my analysis, they're a top 10 matchup. So it's good news. For Johnson. So I guess my quick question is Johnson or the Broncos running backs to start? Which one would you rather have? You're looking at one of two things. You're looking at a little bit more in terms of the touch count for a guy like Dearness Johnson, but it's unproven. Yep. And both Williams and Melvin Gordon have proved that they can be somewhat productive. We don't know that about Dearness Johnson yet, but stacking up on the other side of that ball, it seems like Anybody could get inserted in there. Put me in there. You know, I probably run a five nine forty, but it don't matter. Just let me get in there and run the football. I'll, I'll topple over any nickel back that you try to put in there as your as your linebacker. Just try to get in front of the train track, see what happens. I'm starting him just because if I'm in a situation where I need a win, meaning I'm two and four. And I have to get that win to get back into playoff consideration. I want to go for the higher upside. Yeah. And I think considering the factors at play here, Dearness Johnson provides that for anybody that was willing to pick him up this week off waivers. Because that's yeah, where he came from, the streets. Yeah, two two things. Uh, first off, I would love – in a zone blocking scheme, you're one cut. I can see you that whole hard. That, I can see that all day. You know, patience. I had one, uh, one touchdown in my youth career. I was eight years old. Nice. Played defensive tackle my whole life, but you better believe I scored that Teddy. Had a boy. And the other thing is about the Darius Johnson thing is I actually have Melvin Gordon in one league. Got a couple guys on by, and I'm sitting there looking at Johnson and Gordon, and I'm thinking like favors Johnson, unproven. It just seems like the the they're monop they're eating each other. Like they're just it's like a it's not it's not enough volume. I mean nine nine ten carries a week. You know, if they don't get a touchdown, exactly. they get you maybe three receptions, two receptions. Not a lot of love there. And this game could get ugly. If Teddy B's foot is bad and he's not mobile. He got crushed last weekend and he's on a short week. If he's not mobile, this could be a, a 17-20 game. You know, not really great for either side. But I get what you're saying. But let's do a quick in and out. Johnson was picked up. I'm going to do a quick in and out. I'm going to say a name. You just tell me which one you're going to pick. Johnson or other guy. Johnson or James Conner versus Houston. Connor. Miles Sanders versus the Raiders. I'm going to go upside with Johnson. Carter versus New England. I'm going to go upside with Johnson. Miles Gaskin versus Atlanta. Atlanta's kind of sneaky. 
I believe more in the Browns rush attack. I'll go, I'll go Johnson there. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I think that'll be helpful. Those are the guys in like the 20 to 24 range, believe it or not, because of all the bye weeks, which is crazy. I mean, but, it's wild. Yeah, that's it's wild. I know. I, I thought I was going to be going deep, and I looked at the names like 20 to 25, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to use these. These are good. So, yeah, all right, let's, 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 let's jump to the wide receiver position. Let's talk Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Uh, you know, listen, the Browns have been bad. They've been banged up in the secondary. Denzel Ward in and out of the lineup. Um, but overall, they're missing a safety, MJ Stewart, and it's just shown in the back end over the last couple of weeks. Now, I guess the question comes, are you looking to start Cortland Sutton this week with all the in- uh, with Teddy B a little banged up, or are you buying Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick with a better matchup against a banged up Cleveland secondary? So I'm going to – I'm not staying away from Patrick. I think everybody that has him at this point has a judgment call to make for a flex position. I think Patrick fits in there perfectly. He helped me to two victories in the flex spot last week, and he's just – turning out to be kind of a steady target there for Teddy B. Cortland Sutton is a hammer home start for me. Last three games, targets, 8, 11, 14. I look for the fact that this this is truly the number one receiver, and he can separate, he has size, and I, I just I think he'll make a big play in this game. But the volume is also there. So if you factor in big playability with the volume and the fact that I actually do think Denver comes out on top of this game, I'm going to go Cortland Sutton. He'll be a big part of that. Yeah, I have no problem betting on the talent of Cortland Sutton when he's got decent matchups. And with the Browns struggling in the secondary, Sutton has shown that he is, he's is he got the goods when he's got good matchups. So I'm buying a little Sutton this week as well. All right, let's jump over to the other side. Listen, OBJ is questionable, but it looks like Donovan Peoples-Jones is probably the best receiver on the Browns for fantasy so far. And let's say, let's say Beckham's in. How do you feel about this receiving core with Case Keenum? You know, you've seen in years past, backup quarterbacks tend to lean a little towards backup receivers. That could be something, a little uh, narrative for Donovan Peoples-Jones. But it's a really tough match. The Broncos are very good in the secondary. A lot of good talent uh, cornerbacks in that secondary. But anybody you're taking a dart throw on, uh, DPJ, OBJ, what's your thoughts about these guys? Now, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I would love to have you quantify the backup quarterback to backup wide receiver stance. I yeah. want I want the proof. I believe you, but I would just love to hear you rattle off like Charlie Batch to uh you know who's a backup receiver for the Lions in 1999. I don't know. That would yeah, be awesome me, though. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. It's good you call me out on it. Honestly, I don't have any proof, but I will have it for Sunday for us live. No, that'd be I would just be <laughs> enthralled with like we could do a whole podcast I on know. that. I want but I only want it to be Charlie Batch. Okay. Like it's just that's it's very- a Basically, it's one hour dedicated to Charlie Batch's career and his connections with backup receivers. That wasn't—I wasn't trying to slight you at all, Bob. It just intrigued the hell out of me. My dad and I came up with the Batch list like 20 years ago because my dad just goes, "Holy shit, that's the ugliest guy I've ever seen in my life." And then we just started rating different athletes on the Batch list. So, like Jay Buhner was in there, Edgar Martinez. The Bash Bros, you know the deal. What was the question again? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are you, all right. Odell, DPJ, no. Landry, I, I, if he plays, what's your thoughts? So I don't think OBJ plays. Okay. Um, I'm just judging this based off of previous experience as an o- Odell Beckham Jr. believer. Uh, I don't think he's going to play in this, especially with the short week. Like That's the one thing that jumps out to me. So without him, obviously Keenum will need to lean on somebody that could easily be um, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think he's a good pickup, but I wouldn't bank. I think we're just having like recency bias when it comes to him. Like big week, two touchdowns, you know, numbers off the board, probably one new year week if you had the balls to put him in there. But the fact remains, like I don't believe in Donovan Peoples-Jones. So I, I don't know who's going to step up to get to catch passes on that Browns team. And that's, that's, I already assume that OBJ won't be in there. So I'm looking at this as a Denver win and Cleveland is just going to have a hard time moving the football. Okay. So the tight, I think Noah fan probably is the one guy that I feel probably the most confident about. No, Albert being out, we've seen his entire snap share increase. We've seen his target share by explode um, with the injuries to Hamler and Judy. He's just become more than a necessity as a receiver the Browns are not an uh, intimidating matchup anyway against the tight end. I think no offense to slam dunk. Do you agree? Disagree? Yeah, no, I yeah. agree. I would love to have the reverse Oreo here. 
or or just like a triple stack sandwich because his targets went 10, 4, 11 last three games. I'd rather have like a 10, 7, 11. Okay. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Because I, 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 I'm a big, I just, I watch the trends, you know, big stock guy. So I got to watch the trends here. I'm not liking the topsy-turvy action on this bad boy because I don't think it's going to the moon anytime soon. However, two touchdowns in that time frame in those higher targeted games. And the fact remains, I don't trust Noah Fant, but I'm starting to become like acquaintances with the man. Yeah. You're just like, you're not friends, but you know, you'll say hi to him at a party uh, if you see him and you're not going to have a full blown conversation, but you'll be respectful. I'll give him six minutes at a party. That's not, I'll I'll bill him for 0.1 hours. I get seven to nine right now and I've dedicated a lot of time to you. So this is kind of, I'm a little pissed off. I don't know if we can continue at this point. All right, anyway, so I think – so the last thing we're going to talk about quickly is the defenses because we do think this could – like you brought up, key here, um, lowest point over under uh, over under of the week by two points. That means the defenses – Vegas is saying defenses are going to be a huge part in this game. Broncos and the Browns have both had their moments. The Browns really struggled the last two weeks, but just a couple weeks ago they lit up Justin Fields and they had like a bunch of sacks and they do have – they can get pressure on the quarterback when they have some type of coverage. So I guess my thought is, what's your two thoughts on these two defenses? Are you starting them? And we'll do a quick in and out after you're done with your analysis on these two guys. I'm fine starting either defense. I don't know what to make this game. I think it could be extremely sloppy both ways. I think maybe one team takes the upper hand and rides with it. So I'm willing to risk it for this week just because of the strength overall. Denver, a bit negotiable when it comes to the injury situation there, but Cleveland's in the same boat. So when I look at it, nah, I I can start either one this week, and I'd be okay with it. Just because Vegas is usually pretty right, Bob. So you're you're flipping a coin. You figure one of these two teams should hold the other team under 14 points. Yep. And so quickly, Colts versus San Francisco or one of these defenses? Either one of these defenses. Okay. 49ers versus the Colts, same game. So which one of those? So I'm going to give you – so you say – I'm going to say 49ers defense versus the Colts or one of these two. So 49ers. 49ers. Okay, Giants versus the Panthers. Panthers. Okay. Dolphins defense versus the Falcons offense. So Dolphins DST. I'm going to go either one of these two teams, Cleveland or Denver. Okay, and then the Packers versus the Washington football team. Would you take the Packers DST or one of these two? Packers. All right, that's it, folks. We spent a wow. lot of time on Thursday Night Football. Who would have thought? You know, I'm actually up. excited about this game because it's just a crapshoot. I have no idea what to expect. I'm just a pontificator, nah. all just hot air. I like it. I mean, hey, only me and you could spend this much time on the Broncos and the Browns with a bunch of backup players. It's a good Thursday game, Bob. Give it some credence. It's going to be fun, man. So that was our Thursday night preview brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show and Good Sports, our new sponsor every Sunday. We donate 10% of all our proceeds from our donations to Good Sports. It's a youth charity organization that gives equipment to underprivileged communities. So make sure you're checking us out every Sunday. Before we move on to our next segment, we have a quick question we're going to bring over because I think this is a topic from Nuke on YouTube. New gas, Wentz or Bridgewater, full PPR. What's your thoughts, Buck? I'm assuming in this situation Bridgewater is healthy. I'm going Bridgewater. Okay. And by healthy, I mean able to move around a bit in the pocket. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm going to actually go Wentz. He's kind of feeling it a little bit. It gives me that. I almost feel like we're banking on 202 from one of these guys. That's what we're hoping for this scenario. I just feel Close. a little more confident that Wentz could be in that range. I think Teddy's going to be fine. But that foot injury bothers me just a little bit. One more book from Twitch, our Twitch community. Uh, Ramador. Is that Ramador? Ramador. Ramador, 217. Should I trade Dalton Schultz, AJ Green, and Pascal for Lockett? Of course, Lockett dealing with the Geno Smith situation. Doesn't seem like they're vibing. What's your thoughts here, Buck? Yeah, I think you're giving away a little bit too much. You saw Green with the TD. That was sweet. Green has been good. Like at yeah, this point, we have to just we have, we have to just forget about his last couple of years. Like he's doing good, and he plays with one of the best quarterbacks in football, and he's on the field constantly. Dalton How Schultz about, is go ahead. He's good. First, Schultz is very good. Oh yeah. And then when I look at this, you're getting 
a Geno Smith led offense for what, at least the next two weeks, probably three yeah. in my estimation here. You got Dalton Schultz, top tier offense, obviously off this week. AJ Green, probably the best offense. I'm going to stick with the two players on the best offenses. And I know Lockett's a great player. That's giving up a whole lot in terms of potential week over week. I think the only caveat here is if I was 6 0 and I have like a stud, t- I have a Waller, a Kelsey, and I don't need a tight end, and I just want Lockett for my stretch run, I could see that. I'd be like, you know what? Here, take these guys. I'll take Lockett on, and I'll have Lockett for weeks 12 through 17 this year, and I'll have him with Russell Wilson. So that's one way to look at it. So if you're like 6-0, and 5-1, and one, and you want to just buy the futures, go ahead. But anything else, I, I agree 100% with Buck. All right, Rodor, he followed up. Hold on. Should he right. keep Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz? Well, Knox broke his hand, so I don't know if he can yeah. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. Uh, Knox is yeah. going to be out for at least he's got a bye week this week. He has a shot at playing next week. If you can, if you can trade Knox, go ahead. I think, I mean, I don't want to tie it with a broken hand. He's not going to be good for a couple weeks. Um, Blocking, use your hands. Catching the football, you use your hands. So I think we're a good four weeks away from the uh, from the from the Dawson Knox assaults. Yeah, and and that's just math, people using your hands. Let's get it going. All right, we're going to jump into now why we're here. The real reason why we're here is our positional starts and sits of the week, which is brought to you by one of our new sponsors, Carefactor. Carefactor is one of our brand new sponsors. We're going to be right back after this quick commercial break uh, by Carefactor. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. Carafactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger-looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. That's our latest sponsor, Carefactor. So when your fantasy team is down 50 and you're losing your mind, your hair is falling out because you're so stressed, don't worry about it. We got you taken care of. Use Carefactor. They're going to help you grow that hair right back. You'll be right back on your feet for Monday. All right, Buck, positional start sits of the week. Like we always do, we talk a little bit about one guy to fade, one guy to buy. We're changing things up just a little bit. I think this is going to be more helpful for the our, our listeners. Instead of looking at the expert consensus rankings, we're just going to look at what are you, what are the people doing? Are they starting these guys? So we're going to look at people that are started in over 50% of leagues to fade and guys under that that typically aren't started that you can actually start this week. So, Buck, let's start with the quarterbacks. Let's start with a player that you're fading this week. So which quarterback are you fading that's usually started in over 50% of leagues? Uh, It's Tom Brady this week. Tom Brady, he's a damn good quarterback. He's throwing the ball over 40 times a game on average. But when it comes to Brady on this one, I just think this is going to be a game flow dictated by the Buccaneers. I think they get out to an early lead. I think Lenny Fournette plays a big role. Gio Bernard even plays a little bit of a role in the run game. We saw Ronnie Jones getting back. Not Ronnie Jones. I'm thinking back to like 2006 there, Bob. Ronald Jones is going to get in that mix a little bit too. So I just feel like Buccaneers game flow. This is the week to sit Brady in my opinion. Bears are pretty staunch against the pass game. So I'm going to sit Brady in terms of one of the higher percentage starters for this week. And I would opt for a couple of different options, which we'll go over here shortly. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, we have so many guys on by. So this made it really tough to find guys to fade because we're like dealing with seven, eight guys that we usually deal with 12. So my guy to fade is kind of been a frequent flyer here. And it's Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson, Cincinnati Bengals matchup, really not intimidating. But at the same time, the Bengals have allowed the fifth fewest points to quarterbacks. For whatever reason, the Bengals this season have not been a huge passing volume team. They have one of the few, fourth fewest dropbacks per game. So offensively, 
They're using the ground game. They're slowing down the tempo for some reason. And then on the defensive side, they haven't literally given up a lot of points to quarterbacks. So when I looked at that, it made me look into Lamar Jackson a little more. So I wanted to see his 2020 stats versus this Cincinnati defense. He averaged 146 passing yards, 54% completion percentage, two and a half touchdowns to one interception. Okay, but Lamar runs. So I looked at his rushing. Six and a half rushing attempts, 50 yards. He finishes the QB 18 and 9 in the two games last year. Now, 9 is fine. It would have got it done. QB 18, definitely not going to get it done. But overall, like when I'm looking at his potential upside in this matchup versus this Cincinnati defense, the Cincinnati defense is actually better than they were last year. So that to me says, okay, maybe there's something there a little bit. Cincinnati is more vulnerable to the ground, and we we know that the rolling situation there is, is it Devonta Freeman this week? Is it going to be Bell? Is it Tyson Williams again? We know uh, Murray's banged up. I just think that in these division games, especially the AFC North, they get ugly. They always get ugly. You end up seeing that 17-20 to 20 game. I think Lamar Jackson gets the dub. Not saying he won't, but I think he's not going to need to have a big explosive game. I don't think he's going to have it. So that's why I'm actually fading him. Now, probably because of the, all the players that are out this week, he's going to probably finish as a low-end QB1. But I think this is definitely for DFS if you can if you have a solid option. And I know Buck, for example, has a solid option for us. So, Buck, give us a player outside that's someone that's not usually started in over 50% of leagues that you're willing to buy at the quarterback position for this week. You want to talk about starting the season on the lowest of lows, looking as bad as humanly possible to having a resurgence by finding one man, a man drafted number four overall, a man who can catch any football, one-handed, two-handed, one-footed, hopping on one foot into two feet, Kyle Pitts. I'm talking Matt Ryan here this week here, Bob. Matt Ryan, last two weeks, looked incredibly sharp, finding Kyle Pitts in the game. Calvin Ridley should be back for this game. Dolphins. 29th ranked defense against the pass, believe it or not. That was an outrageous stat when I saw it. I couldn't believe it, but you look at the stats. I mean, Tom Brady, did he torch him? Yeah, he torched him. But this is a guy, this is a defense here who's gotten shredded. And Kyle Pitts making his move, you know, here, I think this is kind of that point in the season where we're going to start to see him getting baked in for eight plus targets a game. And I think it's going to be very good for Matt Ryan this week. I look for Matt Ryan to have a good game against the Dolphins, potentially get a win. And their secondary is banged up. Howard's banged up. Byron Jones is banged up. They both missed the game in London. Um, That's not good. And I think Calvin Ridley coming back, coming off their own bye. Uh, Russell Gage hopefully back. I'm feeling a buck. I like it. That brings me to my guy. And I'm praying that this guy has his own weapons healthy, and it's Ryan Tannehill. Now, Tannehill has been kind of a he's been a disappointment for fantasy. I think a lot of people, he was in that bunch, Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, that range where a lot of those guys are flourishing, and Ryan Tannehill is not. A lot of it has to do with the fact that you just give the ball to Derrick Henry and let him do his thing. And that's worked fine. Um, but in this game against Kansas City Chiefs, the one thing I wanted to look at was they did play them twice in 2019. And in those games, the Chiefs that season were seventh in football outsiders DVOA, which is essentially a defense-adjusted success rate for fast defense, seventh overall. This year, they're ranked 31st. So there's a huge gap between those two. Now they're not a good secondary at all. So I looked at the games from 2019 when they were a top-10 defense. Tannehill threw basically for 200 yards, two touchdowns, okay? So that's the baseline I see this. But now you're talking Patrick Mahomes against the Tennessee Titans defense where that Titans D is not slowing down anybody. Like my mom could go out there and drop except nine. in the red zone, Bob. Take it from me. Oh, I lived it. Well, yeah, over the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's where I'm seeing that this game flow is probably going to lead to Tannehill. Plus, Julio got banged up again. I'm not sure where Julio's going to be. He might miss more time. I don't know. But AJ Brown in that second half started getting cooking. AJ Brown looked healthy, and he did it against the Buffalo Bills. Tredavious White and those guys. And if he's doing it against them, there's nobody on the Chiefs that could compete with A.J. Brown. That, to me, tells me that Tannehill is going to get it cooking. And if Julio comes back, I just want to see them on the field at the same time. I think that's going to be huge for this game. Um, but I also want to take a look at the last four games. Uh, there was a four-game stretch where the Chiefs allowed at least 30 point fantasy points to the quarterback. Prior to last week, which was the Taylor Heineke game, which makes no sense because Heineke is the best. Makes no sense. So right there, the defense is allowing big games. The game flow is just Patrick Mahomes and them are trying to get back into a flow. 
So I think they're going to come out swinging. They're going to throw throw a bunch. I think that's going to lead to Tannehill being a absolute buy this week as a top 12 quarterback. All right, that's the quarterbacks for this week's segment. Let's jump now to the running back position, Buck. Now give the people a running back that's currently started in over 50% of leagues that you would actually fade for week seven. Well, these people are chained to this individual. I'm one of them. It's uh, depressing. It's not uplifting. You know, it's not like listening to the mighty, mighty boss tones on your way home from work. And, you know, that's the impression that I get. Miles Sanders. And this is going to be some hard-hitting fantasy advice here, folks. 13, 6, 6, 5, 5, 7 points in half-point PPRs over the first six weeks of this season. Dead to me, Bob. Miles Sanders is dead to me. But yet I have to start a zombie every single week. Listen, okay. I, I didn't want to get into this Miles Sanders conversation. You're right. They don't you, – if you watch that second half against Tampa Bay, arguably a top three, maybe even the best run defense in football, Sanders is just breaking run after run after run. For some reason, the Philadelphia Eagles don't think it's a good idea to give this guy 15 carries a game. So it's. I think it's less about the player. It's more about what the offense is doing. They just abandon the run so quickly. And it's always Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter, it seems like, just racking up fantasy points because they're down double digits or whatever. And they're just not – so I get it. Miles Sanders definitely not a huge, a good play. I, I I agree. It just I'm frustrated because, like, I like Miles Sanders and you watch him make plays, but then it's like he gets one carry in the first half. And you're like – How many no. – do you think that uh, – do you think Jalen Hurts leads the league in passes from the right ha- – like, beyond the right hash? He's never in the pocket. He's always along the sidelines chucking it. It's it's incredible. You're giving me a lot of hard assignments. First, I got to look up Charlie Batch stats. <laughs> now I got to look up Jalen Hurts beyond the right hash throw attempts. I, I, at this point, Buck, I'm not going to have the time. You know, I just, I just go to the Hall of Fame website to pull up Chuck Batch's stats. That a boy. All right. Let's, let's jump to the my QB, to, uh, my running back to fade this week. It's going to be Joe Mixon. Coming off that big game against Detroit, when you look at verse expectation, the Detroit Lions are the best matchup for any any running back. And Joe Mixon delivered, and he was big time. But this week he gets the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens actually haven't been that good against running backs, but it's for different reasons. They have a lot of – early on in the season, they were allowing a lot of touchdowns, and then they also allow a lot of production through the air. Now, Joe Mixon last week had five catches, and, and he ended up scoring a touchdown, but that's typically not Joe Mixon's game. He usually gets two, three uh, targets each week. They have Chris Evans. They have Samaji Piran. And Piran was out last week, so they give all their work in the receiving game to those bats. But if you look at his last three games against Baltimore, he has, he's averaged 24 touches for 94 yards. And that's fine. 94 yards combined between rushing and receiving is a solid high floor. But he has zero touchdowns and only averages three catches a game. So from a fantasy perspective, you zoom that out, that's about 12 points. That's not top 24 running back numbers. So that, to me, right there says, and that's PPR. So in half point, you're down to about 10 and a half. And in standard, it's under 10. So he's been empty. He's not found the end zone. And he's getting all the work, but he's not efficient with those that work. And then we're starting to see the uh, Ravens defense really get better throughout the year. They just shut down Austin Eckler, and no one was shutting down Austin Eckler. And Eckler did nothing against them. So this season, the Ravens have not allowed a rusher over 60 yards. So like I talked to, uh, a little bit a couple weeks ago, Jonathan Taylor had a monster week, but he scored two touchdowns and he did some, and he had that one long reception in that game on the ground. He was under 60 yards. So I just think I'm not going to go out of my Mixon's probably because all the bye weeks going to be a low end RB one, but I'm fading him in DFS. And I think the matchup isn't strong, but I'm going, we're both being bold here. So we'd like to give people options. So who's a running back that's typically not started under 50% that you would actually start this week, maybe over one of these two guys, James Conner here, Bob. TD upside, five on the year so far. That's been quite impressive in six games. He's averaging 16 touches per game. That includes receptions over the last three games. That's a big number for me. I talk about requisite touches all the time. He's getting requisite touches. And Chase Edmonds fading just a little bit here, Bob. And James Conner proving that he's still got gas left in the tank. He's like an old 68 Volkswagen Beetle. He shows up, he does the job, and he could bounce off a semi-truck. That's how I feel about James Conner. And the matchup with Houston is a plus side as well. I like James Conner this week. I love it. I love that pick because, like, you just watched what the Houston Texans did against the Colts. They lost 31-3. to 
This is like a James Conner game if you ever could project one. So ever, it's ever. great call. Great call. My guy is actually someone I'm coming off a bye. And I think I have I'm getting a lot of mixed emotions. It's Elijah Mitchell. Um sometimes we overthink things. I think when we look at the San Francisco running backs, we think the last few years, oh, it's a rotation. It's really not. Really what it is is one guy gets the ball 10 times, gets hurt, and then the other guy comes in and plays. That's basically what it is. This season hasn't been any different, right? Elijah Mitchell gets bagged up. You know, they lose they lose Wilson early on. Moser gets hurt. But when Mitchell was in, he completely dominated work. So last week he comes back. He gets nine carries of the 10. So he gets nine carries versus one for Sermon. That was the Trey Lance game. So the offense wasn't really vibing. Lance was taking carries. But when he was on the field, completely dominating running back touches. This week it's going to be Jimmy G again. And he gets a matchup versus, versus the Colts run defense that has been susceptible on the ground. So right there it tells me that Eliza Mitchell is someone that I want, I want this 49ers starting running back, and I think he's going to be a locked-in guy. So also another thing, too, I like about him, he was somewhat used in the pass game. Ran around on 45% of dropbacks in week five. Saw two targets. Now, that's not the 49ers running backs thing because they have the tight ends playing. They have uh, Kyle Juszczyk, which, you know, at that point, if you got Kyle Juszczyk, you're going to use him in the pass game. So I like that. But in the three games that he's played this season, 45 carries, 189 yards, and a touchdown, four catches for 30 yards. So basically combined, we're looking at about 220 total yards in those three contests. So that's bankable right there in stats overall. So I think this matchup at home against the Colts, I want the RB1, and I'm actually trying to go get him in a bunch of leagues. That's my guy as a buy this week for the running back position. All right, Buck, let's jump down to the wide receivers. And we always like to start off with guys that we're fading. Who's a guy that we've seen started in a lot of leagues that we're trying to fade, trying to get out of our lineups for week seven. Who's your wide receiver fade for this week? I'm fading Michael Pittman here. 49ers are simply shutting down opposing wide receivers. Second overall in the NFL. He's only averaging six targets over the last three games, which is always a number that stands out to me. I'd like to see him around eight double digits is always like icing on the cake that's not happening a downward trend there for Pittman 873 on targets over the last three games I want to see that number get bumped up those are rookie numbers you got to pump those numbers up Bob yeah and Hilton well the one thing about Pittman is that Hilton got hurt again Campbell got hurt again and it looks like Campbell's done for the season so I think long term I think the 49ers have been with all their injuries somehow have been figuring it out yeah um and I think I think that long term for Pittman Omers, you should be kind of happy. But it was very interesting. He took a backseat to Hilton. Like right away, Hilton comes in. He's super interesting. Yeah, you're like you're thinking that Pittman did enough to be the number one. It's T. Y. Hilton still, which I thought yep. but Hilton can't stay on the field. But anyway, food for thought. My wide receiver fade for this week, and Buck helped me with this one. I was kind of stuck between two guys. I went to my consultant. He let he pushed me one way, and I'm picking on the Bengals again. It's T. Higgins. So T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd have been gobbling each other up because Chase has been the number one. It's that simple. The biggest problem is, and a lot of people don't talk about this, is the lack of pass volume. The Cincinnati Bengals are fourth fewest dropbacks on the year. So that's, to me, like you're not going to get much from the other receivers. If you have Chase getting his looks, and then you have a 2A, 2B situation, you'll get five, maybe seven targets a week. It's really difficult to be consistent fantasy contributors without finding the end zone every week on five, maybe even six targets, because that's a projection of 16 games. I know there's 17 now, but that's well under 100 targets. So that's not sustainable for fantasy. We're not trying to find that. So I personally think that at some point, the Bengals are need to go back to their normal mean. Like at some point, it's going to go up. This week against the, the Ravens, the Ravens have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to outside receivers. So if Chase is the one dominating on the outside, there's not going to be enough to also give Higgins his work. So I think right there, that gives me a red flag. Also, the 45% slot rate, meaning that 45% of the production for wide receivers goes to the slot versus the Ravens. That's the third highest rate in the league. So that tells me that Tyler Boyd maybe might be a better play slightly ahead of a guy like, for example, T. Higgins. So right there tells me I'm confident that. In 2020 with Joe Burrow against this Baltimore Ravens team, four for 62. Not terrible but that's not going to help you win weeks. And also finally T Higgins, the first two weeks he scores. If you look at his yardage totals, 58, 60, 32, 44. If he doesn't find the end zone, he's a dud. 
And I think if you're going to look at the mat, I think for T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, you have to go week to week and evaluate the matchups. If it's a slot funnel matchup, you go Boyd. If it's an out-wide matchup, you go Higgins. But overall, it's Chase until this volume goes up. That's why Higgins is my QB fade. And this is going to lead us right into a Q, uh, wide receiver. I mean, wide receiver fade. Lead us right into a wide receiver buy, Buck. I think I I think I might have you know set you up here. Tell us who your wide receiver buy is for the week. Yeah, it was a good alley-oop. Hell of an alley-oop. Is that a John Starks move that you just pulled on him? Uh, Tyler Boyd. I I looked over this matchup for like a good 25 minutes, Bob. And I, I broke down the previous six games. Yeah, the slot's a problem for the Ravens. That's where they're susceptible. So I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd here. You had a couple of key standouts here in terms of talent levels where they were highly productive as slot men against this defense. You had Hunter Renfro going out for 6 and 70. Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond, Bob. 6 for 68. So if you take the talent of Tyler Boyd, you factor this in with a quarterback in Joe Burrow. You know, he's still got the, the throat contusion going on, but he's out there still trying to sling it. Throat contusion can't slow this down. I think Tyler Boyd actually gets a touchdown this game. I think he'll be utilized near the red zone. I think it'll actually be a good week for Tyler Boyd. And this comes after me spiting him live on the live show on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, I had to do it. Yeah, no, I listen. I and I'm glad, Buck. This is why I can, I can mess. I can be your. I can be boys with you, Buck, because you're a guy that says, you know what? One one day, Boyd, I'm not feeling you. I'm gonna tell you, but things change. Now I'm feeling you. I'm the same way with. We Boyd. were right I'm, on Mike Williams last week, by the way. We were all dead right. Boom. Scott, Scott was trying to tell us we're psychopaths, and we're like, Scott, just trust us once in a while. Trust the you know? numbers. Trust, trust the, the gut. Trust the gut and the numbers. When the gut and the numbers tell you the same thing. Come on, two plus two equals. You got gumbers. You got gumbers. Whole yeah. hashtag. You got gumbers on every video. It's gumbers. Got it. Gumbers. That's got when it. people know it's real. Yeah, I like it. We gotta start. We gotta do a gumbers play of the week now. Yeah. <laughs> For each position, that's gonna be next week's show. All right, my guy is someone that you ha- we have to take a step back and realize, and kind of over my shoulder gives a little hint to what my guy is gonna be. It's Sterling Shepard. I, I don't think we realize Sterling Shepard is this year's Deontay Johnson. And what I mean by that is all he does is get ridiculous amount of targets. 9, 10, 14. That's insane number of targets every single week. Galladay's banged up. Kadarius Tony's out. Darius Slayton's dealing with a hamstring. There's just no weapons. And last week he plays against Jalen Ramsey and the Rams. The guys, he's seen 14 targets in that game. The Rams game was a disaster. Trust me, I'm a Giants fan. I watched the whole thing. It was a disaster. And I I actually didn't – you don't even realize how good Shepard's doing until you actually look at the numbers after the game. It doesn't look like it on the field. He just gets targets, gets a chunk here, gets a chunk there. And at this point, I'm starting to think, like, this guy is going to give you a high floor every single week. And then when he finally scores, he can definitely be a top 12 wide receiver because he's getting double-digit targets. There's not a lot of guys in the NFL that consistently get you 9 to 14 targets a week. And yeah. at this point, completely yeah, it's, unheralded. It's, by it's, the way. it's not and like and Shepard does, and it's it's started from last year. But the biggest key for Shepard is he plays the slot now. This is his role. This is where he needs to be. For years, he was kicked outside because of Golden Tate. They didn't know what to do with him. He wasn't as good on the outside, but in the slot, he's dominated. And Matt Harmon's reception perception, he talked about Sterling Shepard and how he's good against man-to-man coverage. And listen, the, the Panthers, I think defensively. Early on in the season, were inflated. Their stats were really good because they played really bad opponents. Last week, they got exposed by a lot. Like Christian Kirk, all those guys did well against them. So I'm buying Sterling Shepard. Follow the freaking numbers, people. Like follow the numbers, and gut will well, guy will give you <laughs> Buck will give you some gut. Bob will give you some numbers. That's what I feel about this. But before we jump into our tight ends, I just want to shout out one of our other sponsors, and it's actually Jersey Jungle. And I know. If you have been following our show for the last couple of months, you know we talk about Jersey Jungle constantly, and it's football season right now. This is the time of year where if you love a football player and you're like, I just want to get his jersey, I want to rep him, I should get a Sterling Shepard jersey. I don't even know why I don't. Go to Check out Jersey Jungle. This is the authentic Stitch and Twill jerseys, NFL.com level jerseys for half the cost. So you're getting quality brand name jerseys for decent prices with the Jersey Jungle. All you got to do is follow them on Instagram, at Jersey Jungle. And all I say is follow them right now and look at their stories. They're constantly posting brand new custom jerseys. All their shipments come in. Just check out their stories for the next couple of weeks. 
But they also do uh, orders. So if you want a jersey for a, you know, Sky probably wants a Josh Jacobs. He's probably begging for one. He's like, at this point, if I don't get a Josh Jacobs, I don't know what I'm going to do. And if you guys use the promo code TCK, you get 10% off one and two jerseys, 15% off three jerseys. So make sure you're checking out the Jersey Jungle the next time you want to go get yourself a jersey. Now, Buck, you know the typical question. Give me a jersey that you're thinking you want to get right now. Kyle Pitts, the ugliest jersey in all of football, by the way. That number eight looks stupid, but I want to look really dumb while I'm mossing people and making delicious one-handed catches 30 yards down the field. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I want to be of, like Kyle. I like it. A lot to unpack there, but I like it. So let's go into our tight ends now. Perfect segue, because now we got to talk tight ends. So now we have tight ends that are usually starting in most leagues, over 50%. We got a guy that you want to fade. So, Buck, tell the people which tight end you're fading this week that are typically starting over 50% of leagues. So this is a gut feel. This is all gut. It's uh, a person that went to my high school year younger, or no, four years younger than me, maybe even five. Man, I'm old. Tyler Higby. He's been efficient with his catches. He's been efficient with his targets, meaning he's converting when he's targeted. Problem is the targets just aren't there per volume. It's not where I want it to be. He's not looking like he's getting all that involved. Cooper Cup has taken up a lot of that mid-range game and even more so than he was even last year, Bob. So this is a this is a player that I definitely root for, and I, he has my utmost support, and I hope he does well. The fact is I'm at that gut stage where I have to see it before I can buy into it when I think there's some decent upside out there. And you'll probably laugh at who I have. As, as my, I actually changed it on you, by the way, Bob. Um, you might even hit him. So if you got to pivot, you got to pivot. Uh, <laughs> but this is, it's a plus matchup for Higby. So it should work out. But I just, I have to see it on the field. I have to do it. To back what you're saying up, they're using Higby. He, they basically, he goes out wide on some plays and they just, he runs out like a, like an out wide receiver to allow Cooper Cup in the woods to dominate the middle of the field. Exactly. Then he runs like this weird route in the middle, does like a little pivot, and that's it. And that's inside the 20s. Once they get into the red zone, though, then they start getting real creative. He starts running these fade routes, gets open in the middle of the field. That's the bread and butter. But the problem is <clears throat> they're hitting with Deshaun Jackson on big plays. Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup's dominating. So they're really not getting that many red zone looks, and that's the problem with Higby. And it's, he's running routes. The backup tight end's banged up, which could be good news. But you're right. It's just weird usage. He's not getting enough volume, and I agree on that one. My QB fade for this week, apologize, Bucket, and have your thing up, is another guy that, you know, it's really tough because when we were actually going through this exercise, the guys that are typically started, there's like four or five that are actually not, they're on bias, right? So my guy's Mike Jaziki. Jaziki's been doing very well, and I think a lot of this leans on the health of the receivers around him. Parker's been out. They also have uh, Will Fuller's been out. And I think it's been a necessity thing. They needed to have somebody step up, and it's been Mike Jaziki. And it's been great. I think Parker, we'll see what his status is, and this could change if Parker's out again. Parker was practicing later in the week last week, so maybe he comes back this week. We'll see. But anyway, I think this is kind of important. The Falcons this season, early on in the year, looked like they were getting exposed by uh, tight ends. Uh, they lit up a touchdown to Goddard, two to, uh, to Rob Gronkowski. But once you start taking off the t- take away the tight end touchdowns, they really have been strong against tight ends. So they haven't allowed a single tight end to go over 42 yards on the year. Um, and they face some decent guys, like I talked about, Goddard, Rob Gronkowski, who have had bigger games in the yardage reception categories. The Falcons held them down. The problem was the, these guys were just catching touchdowns. Now, Jaziki, for what it's worth, yeah, of course he can score, but he has really been a dominant touchdown scorer in his career. So I think from my perspective, if you're banking on Jaziki to get you seven for 60, like he usually did last week, 11 targets, if Parker's back especially, I think he might be back in that five range for, you know, 40, which is fine for the tight end position. But I think I could find higher upside guys, and I know you got one for me. Well, I don't know anymore. I thought I do. You told me, but now I'm going to find out. So tell me who's your guy that you're willing to start that's typically not started in 50% of leagues. Give me a tight end you're willing to buy this week. I pivoted Bob, so I can I can go on to something else if you have this fellow. Okay. Mo Alley Cox. I don't. All right, perfect. So Mo Alley Cox, I, I originally had Bob Tunyon here. With Bob Tunyon, it, there's zero volume, but you just think it's like a volcano about to erupt. But I, I took a deeper dive. I went a little bit lower in the rankings. I went to Mo Alley Cox. 
And what I arrived at is while you could, he definitely has more target volume than Bob Tunyon does over the last three games. I look at three game sample sizes, by the way, Bob. I don't know if you do. So over the last three games, Tunyon has been involved three, one, one, one. That's a total of three over three games. It's not good enough. And then you go to a guy like Mo Ali Cox, who's doing a lot with his limited reception count. And that's when I'm taking a dart throw at a tight end. I want whoever's going to do the most with whatever it is they get. Cause we're just, we're, we're, we're a bunch of hyenas in the plains, right? We're just scrapping. We're trying to get that rib meat. We're trying hard. We might not quite get there. We might get like that little piece of uh cartilage right in between your ankle bones. You know what I'm saying? But that we're going to live with it, but we could get that rib meat. Mo Alley Cox is the rib meat. So, like we just brought up earlier, Paris Campbell out, T.Y. Hilton out. In the week two game that they actually had these guys out together, I actually I had to write a column about this earlier in the week, so it's interesting you brought this up. Jack Doyle, they actually used him as the main tight end, and he had a nice week. But we've seen a shift over the last couple of weeks to Mo Ali Cox. And Mo Ali Cox is getting the more targets. He's getting the higher usage from a production standpoint. So it's interesting that you say this, because I was thinking in my head, it would make a lot of sense to get Mo Ali Cox out there. You know, but it was Jack Doyle got the production. They're going to need the tight ends to produce. I like this call because it really, it was, I was literally thinking about this yesterday. So that's interesting. You said that. I like that call. My guy, thank God you didn't take him, is one of our fan favorites. Um, big, big SeaWorld guy. It's Ricky Seals Jones. Oh. Now, RSJ last week comes through in the clutch for us, gets us, it gets in the end zone, four for 58 and one. Fantastic game. Um, that second on the team in routes. But he was the main slot receiver. His usage is insane. He was basically used as a receiver. The other thing with this offense is Curtis Samuels banged up. Terry McLaurin had a hamstring injury coming into the game. You know, Cam Sims is banged up. De'Ami Brown just came back. They have so many uh, banged up players in the second uh, the receiving core that even Antonio Gibson shin. So it's really just a bunch of guys around him. Logan Thomas, of course, being out. He's really shown that he could produce. He's getting a decent amount of work. This week's matchup is is fine. It's good. He's going to be able to get some pass volume there. He's playing the Green Bay Packers. You know the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and company are going to be able to put up points against that Washington team who hasn't been able to stop anybody this year, which is the biggest – I think the biggest surprise of the year is the Washington football team is not good, uh, uh, defensively at least. And I think that front room here right there, I can see Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams going off, and I think that's going to lead to a lot of volume. And the Packers have been very susceptible to tight ends this season. Um, they're actually third in my new – tight end point metric my like crazy like lab mess over there tight end metric i have they're third in points allowed in that met metric that i have so i like ricky seals jones as a game a guy you can play again so i'm really excited and high on him well buck that's basically our start sits for today now before we go we like to be flexible we want to we understand that you, some of the guys we talk about might not be available so we like to take a deeper dive so we look at guys maybe 20 to 10% owned, much, much deeper leagues. couple guys I'm going to throw at you, and you let me know your thoughts, and you give us your, your pick of the week. For quarterback streamers, Justin Fields seems to be owned in a lot of leagues, but for single QB leagues, he's actually owned in less than 20% of Yahoo leagues, which is interesting. Um, he's playing against Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay, I know Tom Brady's one of your fades, so maybe you think it's going to be a closer game, more defensive game. But we've seen a lot of teams have to throw against Tampa Bay. So Justin Fields is one. Tua Tagovailoa, maybe all the Deshaun Watson noise gets in his head. I don't know, but he's got Chicago. Um, he's got a decent matchup this week as well. And then finally, Jimmy G versus the Colts. Now I know Jimmy G doesn't sound sexy, but the no. Colts, the Colts defense secondary wise looks better than they think because they played Houston last week. But prior to that, they were getting destroyed. So I know these are some deeper names. Um, but decent matchups. But what are your thoughts about these guys? Any <clears throat> anybody else you're looking at as a deep streamer, or are you willing to take one of these a shot on one of these guys? No, I, I think I would take a shot on Fields. To be quite honest, uh, Dolphins looked incredibly sharp with one scripted drive, and I like that you faded Gasecki as well because Gasecki was like the paramount feature of that scripted drive where they looked beautiful. But once Tua has to start thinking on his own and everything's going on the fly on the cusp, it's not working too well. With Fields, I just think with a little bit more experience, he's going against a very susceptible secondary, and he can run the football. 
He can run incredibly well. And I think it's hopefully this is a big hope and a huge ask from Matt Nagy. Hopefully Matt Nagy can go out there and actually let the guy cook, Bob. Just mm. let him do his thing because they are way overmatched in this game. So when push comes to shove, I think the Buccaneers actually, I don't think it's going to be that close. I, I'm fading Brady for game flow here. I think Brady gets his to open up, but Lenny Fournette is coming out of his shell. I think this could be a situation where we get a good performance here out of Justin Fields. I like it. Sounds like he was a really shy kid. Like he's Lenny's finally coming. It's good to see his personality come through, shining exactly. through. I like that. That's good stuff. I have a couple tight end streamers as well. We know that you know a lot of bye weeks this week, tough for some fantasy owners. Uh, we want to talk some tight end streamers. We have Evan Ingram against Carolina with all the injuries to the wide receiver position for the Giants. Evan Ingram's getting a lot of work. Cole Komet finally had some showing last week playing against Tampa Bay. You know, last week, Cole Komet, four receptions, 49 yards, not too bad. But this week, it's Tampa, all that pass volume, who knows. And then the last guy is O.J. Howard, Rob Gokowski out. He looked really good, six receptions, 49 yards, and a touchdown for O.J. Howard last week. Again, now this week against Chicago, a little bit tough for matchup. What are your thoughts on these three tight end streamers? I would love to see Evan Ingram come out and be a focal point. I just, I think those days are over. Um, O.J. Howard, on the other, on the other hand, showed me enough last week. I want to see OJ Howard get his looks. God, it stinks with Gronk out, but really at this stage, the Buccaneers, they will be a playoff team. They might even shelve him for the rest of the year. So this might even be a little audition to get OJ Howard out there. And when I say rest of the year, I mean, I think until like week 12, possibly just to make sure they're getting Gronk because they need Gronk for those playoffs. But let's say he gets hurt again. It's a good dress rehearsal for OJ Howard. And in this game, I think he's going to play a little bit of a role. I'd like to roll the dice on him. He's a hell of an athlete. And uh, what he showed me last week was enough to bank on at least some productivity this week. Yeah, O.J. Howard, man. I mean, first-round pick, he really looked the part a couple years ago. Then Bruce Arians comes in, and new offense didn't really click, and then he gets really hurt, and it's been tough ever since. But, yeah, I, I like O.J. Howard as a dart throw. He The thing about Ingram, he, he's on the field all the time but he just doesn't do anything. Like, it's super exactly. weird. He's, like, leading the team in routes, but he gets, like, three targets, like, five targets, three receptions, 24 yards. You're just like, all right. You know, uninspiring, but decent matchup this week. Thought I would throw that in. All right, but before we go, I want to answer some questions for the people. Um, you know, we have a couple questions here about, you know, running back streamers from J-Man 2142. Double it up, too. Uh, J-Man, J-Man, twice. Should I, be, should I be worried about Alex Collins' hip this week? Um you know, Buck, I personally, I'm not. I think he, reports from the, are good. But the question comes, he's playing the Saints. Now, even if he's healthy, are you excited to play him against a really tough New Orleans run defense? I think it's a situation where if you're playing Alex Collins, you obviously already have running back issues. And then you factor in the bye weeks. You, you got to play him. You just you have to play what you have this week. Otherwise, they are pure dart throws. If Collins plays... I look for him to have 12 plus touches. That's enough to warrant a start with the, the rags that we have left out there in terms of the waiver wire. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Collins unless J man, I think waivers are probably over by now. Hopefully you picked up Dearness Johnson. Cause I would, I would start Dearness Johnson over Alex Collins this week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty interesting because uh, you know, we didn't bring up, Alex Collins in that segment, but we have a little bit of hope for our low end RB two numbers for the uh, Ernest Johnson with all the injuries to the Broncos defensive sure backs. All right, folks, listen, that's all we got for today. This is, this was episode 400 and something crazy by sky uh, of the Kale sick kids, fantasy football podcast. We've been jumping on since August on the fantasy focused YouTube channel buck. It's been a pleasure working with you over the last couple weeks. We always like to remind everyone, please make sure you're joining us every Sunday live. Live from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern for our Sunday Live Start Sit Show, which is brought to you by Good Sports. Good Sports is a youth charity organization that gives back, gives, gives equipment to youth organizations to help kids play sports in underprivileged communities. If every 10% of all our donations on the Super Chat function on YouTube through our TC Keypod Venmo, any donation you get for a Start Sit question, 10% goes to a really good cause. Before we go, Buck. Any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns before we hit head out? No, I, I got a book recommendation. Uh, it's an old book. There's a film coming out on Friday, Dune. If you haven't read Dune, 
I would highly recommend reading Dune before you watch the film. Now, I haven't seen the film, but I have read the book. I'm just saying, with it coming out, big recommend on reading Dune, Bob. Have you ever read Dune? No. Do you like reading? No. But you no. read about football all day. You don't like reading That's, fiction is what you're saying. No, I okay. just, if it's not football related. Unfortunately, I'm a one-trick <laughs> Sorry, man. I wish I wish. I'm I telling you, folks, read Dune before you see Dune. <laughs> Because I don't, I don't want them. It's a tough, it's a tough book to encapsulate the emotions, the feelings, and there's there's a lot of inner dialogue within the text, meaning you know what the characters are thinking, which is a big element to what the the actual story unfolds. So read Dune, folks, before you see Dune. Big recommendation. I thought you were going to say, kids, read books. Like you know, before you do anything, start reading books, everybody. All right. So that's I read our- before <laughs> I go to bed every night, Bob. You're a sophisticated gentleman, and I love. No, I, I'm, I'm not at all. <laughs> Book, he can read, he can cook. God, he can talk about football. What can't this man do? We love you, Buck. Appreciate you another. And once again, guys, all our episodes of the Kale Sick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online AG and is on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you check out all our videos on the Fantasy Focus Network YouTube channel and also streamed on the Fantasy Football Network. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. I was brought to you with my co-host Buck for today. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week and also on Sunday Live. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.